0: China in focus right now while they're having the Beijing Winter Olympics. They're also keeping themselves busy where politics is concerned, strengthening relationships along the way.
1: Yep. From reaffirming their ties with Singapore to putting up a strong front with their new best friend, Russia, and the possibility of China taking a step towards a US-style preemptive strike policy. To analyze these headlines with us, Tan Don Wei joins us now. She is China Bureau Chief at The Straits Times. Good morning. Don. Now Don, let's start off by uh, talking about this minis- this statement that the Singapore Ministry of Foreign Affairs President Halima Yakob has released about she, oh, about the president and her Chinese counterpart, Xi Jinping, agreeing to continue upgrading bilateral relations. And they welcomed the signing of a memorandum of understanding as well that will further cooperation in giant panda research. Uh, this all happened at a meeting last Sunday. Tell us more about how this latest meeting has reaffirmed Singapore-China ties. To what extent has it done that? And moving forward, how might we see both countries step up their collaboration in existing areas of cooperation and also expand that collaboration to other areas.
2: Hi, good morning. Well, given the diplomatic boycotts and the somewhat toxic political environment surrounding this Winter Olympics, I do think China is taking note of who has shown up in support of its hosting of the Games, especially in the times of COVID. There were over 100 heads of states and governments who attended the 2008 Summer Games in Beijing. In contrast, just over 30 of them have signed up for the Winter Olympics. So I do think that China would be appreciative of Madam Halima's presence and that her being here would help to strengthen Singapore-China ties, which have in the past five years or so been on quite a high She was, in fact, meant to make a state visit to China in 2020, when Singapore and China marked the 30th year of the establishment of diplomatic relations, but that was postponed because of COVID. President Halima's visit is also significant because before the Winter Olympics, President Xi Jinping had not met a foreign leader in person for almost two years since the COVID outbreak started in early 2020. And this visit presents a rare opportunity for her to have FaceTime with Mr. C. one-on-one. And she also got to meet Premier Li Keqiang and talked about bilateral cooperation between the two countries. And this visit is coming shortly after the Joint Council for Bilateral Cooperation meeting, which happened last December and is the highest level platform for both governments to talk about collaboration. So Madam Halima's visit perhaps also helps give some momentum to What was discussed at that meeting, where both sides identified new areas of cooperation, such as in the digital economy space, green growth, and sustainable development.
0: This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Hey Don, uh, just hours before the official opening of the Winter Olympics, Chinese President Xi Jinping and Russian leader Vladimir Putin met. They declared they were backing each other and all this on the back of standoffs on uh, Ukraine and Taiwan. They want to collaborate more um, against the West. I I want to get your perspective here. I mean, what do you think this means? Is it the strongest show of China-Russia ties in seven decades considered before the Olympics opening ceremony? And also Don, you know, Ukraine is... China is Ukraine's biggest trading partner, they're, they're major buyer of Ukraine's military hardware. So how's China supposed to keep friends with these two foes?
2: It is a strong show of some kind of alliance between China and Russia, even if they don't define their relationship as a formal alliance, but rather a strategic partnership. It would seem somewhat ironic that while China has repeatedly chastised the U.S. and other liberal democracies for politicising sports, President Xi went ahead and met with President Putin just hours before the Olympic opening ceremony and then issued a lengthy joint statement that essentially saw them standing shoulder to shoulder, supporting each other against Western nations. China, for instance, backed Russia's objection to Ukraine joining NATO, and Russia said it opposes any kind of independence displayed by Taiwan. Both sides also stated that they oppose AUKUS, a trilateral security pact involving the U.S., Australia and Britain that will help arm Australia with nuclear-powered submarines and is part of the U.S.'s Indo-Pacific strategy. Significantly, the joint statement mentions that there are no limits to their friendship and there are no forbidden areas of cooperation, which seems to suggest that a military pact is possible. It is true that China and Ukraine have had close economic and military ties in the past, but the relationship has also gone south because of U.S. pressure on Ukraine to thwart the Chinese from buying its assets. The joint statement makes no mention of Ukraine and you could interpret that as perhaps China's reluctance to take Russia's side or support military action against Ukraine. It didn't recognize Russia's annexation of the Crimea Peninsula, which was taken by Russian troops from Ukraine in 2014. And over this current Ukraine crisis, it has refused to be drawn in and has repeatedly said the crisis should be resolved by peaceful means and the parties should have a political dialogue. China will, as with the Crimea crisis, try as far as possible to stay neutral on the Ukraine issue.
1: Now, Dawn, according to a report by the Stockholm International Peace Research Institute, China's shift towards joint operations in space, cyberspace and nuclear technology is actually pointing to a proactive defense strategy that could include a preemptive strike. This has been a point of contention more recently. A lot of analysts saying maybe China is taking a step towards a U.S.-style preemptive strike policy. The PLA perhaps has moved from an active defense footing to a proactive one. Give us your perspective on this and can we expect China to change its policy of not firing the first shot? This
2: report has argued that changes to China's postures and technologies indicate that its practice of active defense may be converging with more preemptive proactive defense, which takes it a step further by including plans for a preemptive strike, not just simply by being ready for an attack from an opponent. And under President Xi Jinping, who has made it a priority to modernize the People's Liberation Army and build it into a world-class military, China seems to have adopted strategies that are similar to the U.S. and Russia, as it develops a wide range of advanced weapons, including building up its arsenal of intercontinental ballistic missiles. The report warns that the U.S.'s response to this threat could lead to an arms race and an escalation in tensions that could cut across space, cyberspace and nuclear domains. But even if China is likely to maintain its stance of not firing the first shot, it certainly wants to improve its ability of not just defending an attack and striking back, but also crippling its enemy's capabilities.
0: We've been speaking with Tan Donway, China Beer Chief, for The Straits Times. Thanks a lot, Don. We'll catch up with you again next Tuesday. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.